Hi, this is Jessica Fisher from Kitchen Beats, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, food bloggers, are you ready to accomplish your 2023 goals faster than you ever thought possible? If you are nodding your head yes right now, the Eat Blog Talk Mastermind program might be a great fit for you. We are now accepting applications for 2023, and I will let you in on a little secret. If you sign up before the end of November 2022, you can lock in at the current pricing. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash mastermind for more information and to apply. Here is a current mastermind member, Carrie from talkingmeals.com, telling you why you should consider joining the mastermind in 2023. You know, I just would tell people to take the leap because the motivation and the support that I've gotten from the women in the group has been invaluable and has just re-energized me. But run the numbers, you know, because I think if anybody actually took the time to just take the price tag out of their head, but put it on paper and look at, you know, when they could get a return on that investment, they would see that it's not such a crazy number, at least if that was their holdback. And if their holdback was just, you know, the fear factor of it, then again, it's that if you don't put yourself out there, you're never going to grow. You have to get uncomfortable. If we stay comfortable, then we're never going to change. Hey, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I'm your host, Megan Porta, and you're listening to episode number 367. I have Jessica Fisher with me today. She is going to talk about an amazing topic, which is how to beat the grocery market. Jessica is a cookbook author and food writer. At Good Cheap Eats, she enjoys helping people who want to save time and money so they can enjoy stress-free meals. She and her husband paid off 60K in debt in the last recession while keeping their six kids fed and clothed. Wow, that's amazing. So clearly we have a lot to learn from you, Jessica. (laughs) But before we get into all of that, do you have a fun fact to share? I would say one of the funnest memories is that after we paid off our debt, we started to save to take our kids on extended vacations, trips. And so we spent a month in France with six kids um, back in in 2014. And then in 2017, we went to the UK again with all six kids. Some have moved away now. So it was just a really wonderful experience to be able to to do those when they were young enough and we were all together. Oh, and I bet that provided such great memories for them that they will carry with them forever. Yeah, it's been really fun to reminisce and and we're planning um, Ireland in the spring. So, Oh my gosh, I love that you do that. I think it's so hard to prioritize that, especially when you've got little kids. But when you do it, it's so worthwhile. It's so fun. And like you said, yeah, the memories last forever. So Yeah, yeah, it's just been a really great family adventure type thing to just get us all away and together and exploring new things. And we just have so many fun inside jokes and memories of it. It's been really great. I think the words away and together are so important because it's great to be together at home, but there's something so unique and awesome about being away together. Yeah, it really, it did. You know, my teenagers grumbled a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I like but, grumbled. Yeah. That's a nice way to put that. <laughs> 
but it's worth it. And they do. Thank you. I'm sure they're grateful way in the back of their minds, right? <laughs> Everybody is now. At the yes. time, there were there were some growing pains that we experienced together. But <laughs> Yes. Oh, gosh. I can totally relate to all of that. Well, I love knowing that about you guys. And this kind of ties into our topic because you saved, you know, you saved money so that you were able to do that, I'm sure. Yeah. So let's talk about groceries right now because they're insane. Like the other day I was buying, I think it was like shredded lettuce. And I was like, wait a second. It was like almost $5 or something oh, wow. <laughs> for shredded lettuce. And I put it back down. I'm like, wait, I this is so weird. So you have some insights for us about how to make the most of every dollar we have because we're food bloggers. We spend a lot of money on groceries and now it's even more money. So why is this topic important to you? I guess we can start with that, Jessica. My husband and I were always very frugal. We came from, you know, mostly blue collar backgrounds, but we we kind of got ourselves in a mess back in 2006, 2007, right before the last quote downturn are, we just realized that we had been living beyond our means and we were in debt. We had two houses, a rental property, as well as the house that we lived in. And we just had to get serious and just go, you know what? We need to be smarter about this. We don't want to live like this forever. Worrying paycheck to paycheck, how to do things. So I, I was, a stay-at-home homeschool mom with five kids. And during that process, we added a sixth child to our family. We moved across the country. And what I could do at the time, the blog was very, very young. Um, but what I could do was adjust how I fed our family. And so I kind of developed what I now call the Good Beat system. And that is basically what kind of how I picked myself up <laughs> off the floor and said, okay, we are going to make the most of what we have and really stretch our dollar. And we were able to eat incredibly well once I kind of reformed some of my habits because I am not a woman to collect shoes, but I love to go to grocery stores and I love to buy food. And so I kind of had to retrain myself how I thought about my grocery shopping habits and feeding my family. And we were able to really save a ton of money and pay off debt a lot based on what I did in the kitchen. I think you said a word a couple of times that I think is key and that's habits. We get into habits with, well, everything, but especially with like groceries and the way that we buy groceries, whether it's through Instacart and just buying the same brands, not looking at the price or, you know, like doing the easy thing. So you really were intentional about looking at what you were doing and changing your habits. So you're going to impart some of that to us. Yeah. What I've developed, what I, I teach my readers and the people in my online membership is, is what we call a good cheap eat system. And it's seven steps you don't have to do them all, but if you do them all, you will definitely just get the most out of every grocery dollar. And it's something that I've just developed, you know, since we first got married, you know, I was that person who went to the grocery store when I was hungry and bought yeah. whatever I wanted and didn't even pay attention to what was already in the kitchen. And so that first step, just taking an assessment, taking an inventory, what do I already have <laughs> that I don't need to go buy again at the store? I have been guilty of having three jars of cumin 
yeah. in in the pantry when you only need one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great point. I'm so guilty of this. So tell me that I'm not a terrible person, but I I do this all the time. Like the other day I needed cayenne pepper and I was certain that I had none. And I went into my cupboard and I found three giant containers of cayenne pepper. <laughs> like I'm never going to use all this, but I do that so often because it's like not convenient to walk over and search through and make sure you have the ingredient, but taking that time is going to pay off in the end. Yeah, it does. I mean, because when you think about it, you're, you're spending time going to the store, traipsing through the store, hauling it all out to the car and hauling it back into the house and putting it away. So that quick, you know, scan of what's in the spice shelf is going to save you a lot of time, but it's also going to save you money and you can kind of preserve freshness and that kind of thing by, by not having, you know, feeling obligated to use up those three jars before yeah, they go back. Right. <laughs> now I need to find something that requires a lot of cayenne pepper. Well, you can, you know, we jump to the, the steps kind of work back and forth. It's like you can freeze those and that will help preserve their freshness a little bit so that you don't have to feel like, oh, I got to use this all up right away. Right. And I never think to freeze spices. I yeah. never think that. So that's such a great yeah, tip. Awesome. I was going to ask you about meats because this is something that will do we'll just be like we need ground beef and we don't go look in our freezer in the basement because it's so far away so we'll <laughs> buy it from the fridge do you have some sort of log or do you just keep a mental log of what's in the freezer about once a month I go and do an inventory you know obviously in a perfect life you you take your inventory and you cross things off as you use them but not all of us are that methodical i'm not so every every month or every couple of weeks i'll just kind of go scan and see what we have so that i have a, a reminder on the fridge cuz while we don't have a basement in california we do have the garage freezer and the garage fridge. So, you know, I, I have that same little traipse out. Okay, what's here? But I just kind of make an inventory. But there are apps out there, depending on what kind of products you keep on hand on a regular basis. Some of them will scan the barcode and automatically just keep that inventory for you. And then you can scan them as you use them and it'll wow. take them off. So there's lots of different pantry apps out there that can help you with this since I use a lot of just plain ingredients, you know, like not a box of, you know, frozen, whatever, you know, it's usually just going to be packages of ground meat or chicken or things like that. It's just easier for me to keep a, a handwritten list. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite bloggers, Chelsea from A Duck 7, she has this spreadsheet that she's shared about in very, I think we were like on Clubhouse talking about this or something, but she, I think it's Airtable. She has like all of her meat inventoried for her freezer and her fridge and she actually keeps track of it. So That's as she awesome. uses, I know it's so like goals for me. One day I will be like that. I just, every time I'm digging through my freezer, I think of her. I'm like, oh, if I were Chelsea, I wouldn't have to be doing this. Yeah. Some people I've heard, they tell me that they use like a, a Sharpie or a dry erase or a wet erase just, and they write straight on the freezer what's in there. Oh, wow. And then Oh, erase that's a good it. idea. I love <laughs> erase that. it as they use it. I mean, you could use a, a magnetic 
you know, dry erase board. There's, there's lots of different options. I have a worksheet that I've laminated. And so you can use Sharpie or wet erase or all those markers. So so I kind of made my own and that helps to just kind of, you know, start to train my teenagers, you know, check off this little box right here. Yeah, right. (laughs) And that's not hard. I feel like going and finding my laptop and opening it and taking it out of a spreadsheet is a barrier that I wouldn't necessarily do all the time. I wouldn't be consistent with, but that a Sharpie with a whiteboard or not Sharpie, but like a whiteboard, I could easily do that and get into that habit. A great book, you know, we're talking about habits is called Atomic Habits. Oh, my favorite book. I love that book. Yeah. It's required reading for all my teenagers. Yes. You know, he talks about how teen you make it easy. And so that's the thing is really figuring out what is this hard thing? Where am I stumbling? You know, I encourage people, look at the system. Which of these things is really hard for you? And maybe that's the leftovers and avoiding waste. It's like, how can you make that easy for yourself? And and so sometimes that's, you know, changing to all clear containers so that you can see what you have in your fridge um, and you're not like oh, there's something mysterious in this <laughs> yogurt container, right? Like, it, I don't know what I put in there, right? So it's it's always, you know, whether it's an inventory or how you shop or how, how you store stuff is how do you make it easy on yourself to do your future self a favor? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought Atomic Habits into the mix because this totally plays into our topic just like my issue with the spreadsheet and computer, okay, how is this going to be easy? So finding your pain point, like what is the part of your process where we get hung up and just like making it really super simple, right? That's kind of your message. Yeah, I think it's kind of getting outside of yourself and then like figuring, okay, how do I outsmart myself? Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so you talked about shopping your kitchen, making sure you have everything you need. And then what is kind of your next step? Well, I would say, you know, obviously there's, there's so much that we, I think in maybe North America, we, we, we say, Oh, there's nothing to eat, but then we go to the fridge and it's like full. (laughs) Right. So it's, it's kind of, thinking through, okay, what exactly is there? And what we mean is there's nothing easy to make. And so often we feel like, okay, I'm going to start cooking frugal meals. And then we go to the grocery store (laughs) and it's like, no, 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 no. You don't need to leave your house. Go see what you have. And then after the, after you've kind of assessed what you have and you make a plan to use what you have, um, obviously eventually you're going to have to buy more, but it's focusing on what are, what are, the affordable ingredients that are out there right now. And and we're seeing like a massive change in the market, in the grocery market, in terms of how prices, obviously your, your example of the shredded lettuce is crazy. You know, we're kind of seeing a reset. I went to Costco yesterday for the first time in a while. And, and previously I had kind of downsized whatever I bought at Costco because Aldi was so much cheaper. But I, you know, I was sitting, going through the aisles with my calculator, realizing, oh, you know, Costco's prices are now beating Aldi on some. So, and, and there's also, you know, kind of a general rule of, of, you know, beans and rice and eggs, 
these are going to be your cheaper ingredients, oats, vegetables, you know, that we have a list on Gucci Beefs, you know, if, if folks want to search budget grocery list and it's 75 ingredients that are, that if, if all else fails, <laughs> focus on buying these things because they are going to be generally a bigger bang for your buck than filet mignon and shrimp unless you find those on a really great price. So planning your meals, and, and I would say for food bloggers, as you're planning your recipes, think about, you know, do your readers a favor. Think about what are those ingredients that people can readily find and that are readily affordable. And and if there are some caveats to that, you know, explain that, like, hey, you know, buy the head of iceberg lettuce and shred it yourself. It will be a little bit cheaper. It'll take you five minutes, but it will be a lot cheaper, you know, and, and offering those options. But focusing on building your meal plans around things that are already generally affordable. And this changes, you know, with with the circumstances in in the food industry. But um, there are some general foods that are always cheap. Yeah. Okay. I have a few things I want to ask you about. So Costco versus Aldi right now, you're finding that Costco is generally more affordable? Well, and this is step five in the system. Visit the store with the best prices for the things that you buy. And so this is going to vary from family to family, household to household. What I buy might not be the same thing you buy. I've got kids with peanut allergies and gluten issues. So, so we're having to buy some specialty items. But I am personally seeing a shift in my local stores. But the trick with these chains is that I have three Aldi's that I could go to depending on how far I wanted to drive. And they have different prices hmm. in because they're in three different cities about 15, 20 miles apart. And they have different prices at those stores based on the demographic of the neighborhood that they're in. And the same applies to Walmart, Costco, etc. So that to say Costco is better than Aldi is not necessarily true, depending on where that Costco is located and where that Aldi is located. So I call it a grocery store showdown. <laughs> to do a canvas, uh, you know, what are the basics that you buy on a regular basis? And now with online ordering and grocery pickup, you can just sit at your computer and do a search for those 12 to 20 items that you normally buy and, and get you know, get a better idea of what's the best store for what I'm getting right now. Before Aldi moved to California, Costco was the cheapest for most of the things I bought, but that shifted. And when Aldi moved in, Walmart shifted their prices as well. So you really just want to kind of assess what what's in your your route. Yeah. <laughs> I live in North San Diego County and I have 20 different stores within like a, a five mile radius that I could go to. So I have lots and lots of options, but not everybody has that. So it's, you know, kind of taking a look at what are the options out there and how do they compare? Because they want you to, each store wants you to come to them. And so they're going to adjust based on their competition. So do your research a little bit, whatever that means, and whatever bandwidth you have to do that. Yeah. It's a good thing to assign to a kid. Oh, I love that. 
you know, just, Hey, look these up on the internet (laughs) and and write down the prices. It's a good life skill to be teaching if you have children, but it's also, you know, you could pay them five bucks to do the research for you. Right. Oh, I love that. I should do that. I think I have one kid who would actually enjoy that. I do occasionally is I will open up Instacart and I'll do just what you said. If I'm curious, I'll like put a handful of ingredients in an all, all the order And then the same with Costco and I'll compare and be like, okay, clearly I need to go here. Sometimes it's very similar. So it's not like a clear yes or no, but just to see, just to scope it out. I'm a little bit lazier than you. It sounds like I don't (laughs) go to various locations physically. I don't know. I should something I should, another goals thing for me, but no, I think it's, it's finding, finding your groove. Like my in-laws for years lived in a very affluent part of central California and they basically had two grocery stores. And when we went, if I went to that store to buy, you know, whatever I was going to make for the family, I, I just had to be I had to approach it differently. It wasn't, hey, I'm going to buy whatever we feel like eating. It's, oh, hey, what did they have on sale? And so there's a way to make it work, even if you just choose one store, even if you only had a Whole Foods <laughs> at your disposal, you could save money by working through the system and just approaching it just a little bit differently and looking at what kind of sales do they have? What kind of clearance? What kind? What can I stock up extra on and save for later? So you don't have to shop lots of different places. I have lots of, I don't go to 20 different stores. I go to four yeah. and, and, and Costco is very, very infrequent for me because I just feel like it's a black hole, but And I do Walmart pickup. (laughs) So I am very lazy about that. So I think it's just finding what fits the season of life that you're in. And that can change from time to time. It's definitely easier to do, you know, if I'm going to do a big photo shoot, then I'm just going to put it all in a Walmart pickup. And then I know that that entire shop is just business and they did it and I can move on. So I think it's just finding what works for the time. If things are really tight, then then it's just figuring out how to be creative and, and make the most of every minute as well as every dollar. And, and, and sometimes time savings is more important than saving a couple bucks. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's so true. That was such a great way to think through all of that. And can I just say Walmart is like the best for cheap like canned goods and typically produce. Every time I go there, I'm like, whoa, that was really affordable. Yeah. Do you have an Aldi? Yes. Okay. Yes, we do. Before we had Aldi, Walmart was not the cheapest. I I did a comparison. Okay. And Walmart did not win on any. It's like by far the cheapest in our area. Yeah. So you you really want to just, I mean, I think generally speaking, where there's a Walmart and an Aldi, those are going to be more affordable, but not necessarily. So it was just very eye-opening because I had always assumed Walmart's cheapest everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the competition changed. That's really interesting. Yeah. We have a Walmart and just maybe a mile down the road is an Aldi. So maybe that affects. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But Aldi is very affordable as well. It's a toss up for me when I'm getting 
just canned goods or kind of, you know, staples and produce just depends on like, do I want to order Instacart or Mm -hmm. am I out and about? But yeah, they're very comparable. But interesting to hear like you in a big, like San Diego, I imagine, like you said, you have 20 options nearby. (laughs) So it's interesting to hear how that affects like one store being in the same area affects another store. Yeah. And Costco has told me straight out that they base their prices on the stores within a certain mile. So it's really interesting. Now Instacart does mark it up over what you would buy in the, what you would pay in the store. So, you know, you just kind of have to factor that in when you're Yeah. And factor in like, how convenient do you want this to be? Most of the time, I'd rather pay a few extra dollars and have that convenience. Sometimes it's not the case, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go out or I don't have the time or capacity to go out to the store. So I'm willing to pay that extra. So, but that's kind of what you were saying earlier is just like, what is going to work the best for you? Right. Right. And I think it's just assessing, you know, sometimes investing that hour to go in, you might, that's where you're going to find the the clearance or the unadvertised specials that can really make a difference. That's where I'm going to find like the really gourmet high-end items marked down because they're so expensive now that the store can't move them fast enough. So they're mm-hmm. marking them down really cheap. So then I like get this treasure trove of something that I might not have ever considered buying because the price on the app was beyond what I wanted to pay. Food bloggers, I want to take a really quick second here to talk to you about something new that we're starting this summer. I'm super excited about it. I am loving this new movement of food bloggers who are digging into podcasting as a way to add an awesome, unique new layer to their business. I feel so passionately about this topic. Audio is so powerful and food bloggers digging into audio in the form of podcasting is going to be a huge, successful movement. It will be a way to expand your brand into new areas that you cannot even imagine. There is an entire episode dedicated to this. So go listen to episode number 306 if you haven't already. And I promise you're going to be inspired to dig into audio yourself. As a way to support this movement, I am creating a group coaching experience starting in June of 2022. If you are interested in joining us, there are a limited number of spots available just because I want to give you all my dedicated attention. Send me an email at megan at eatblogtalk.com if you're interested. I am including an introductory rate. It's a monthly rate. If you want in, you will be locked in at that rate. Send me an email. Tell me you're interested in the group coaching for podcasters And I can't wait to see you inside. And I can't wait to see how this just totally explodes your business. All right, back to the episode. So clearance, I never think to look for clearance in grocery, but (laughs) do most groceries have, I know Walmart does have a very distinguished aisle for that, but does all grocery? It just depends. I think it's very location specific, but nationwide, what I hear most from people is that the Kroger family of stores is the one that is like got the killer (laughs) clearance sections. And that has been my experience. Our Kroger affiliate is called Ralph's. And I find so much that is well within its best by dates that just they bought, they, they got sent too much. It's not moving fast enough. They want to move it on. The packaging has changed. It's been discontinued whatever. 
And it's, we're not talking scratch and dent. We're talking like it's the same item. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, it's the same exact item. They're just want to move it faster. So that applies to meat, fish, alcohol, dairy products, coffee, protein bars, produce. I mean, it's some days it's like my whole cart is just the clearance items. And it really has been a way, especially I have four sons and they all are into bodybuilding and <laughs> yeah. need their pros. Right, <laughs> right. They, they want protein. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I was paying meat prices, <laughs> I they would become vegetarians. Oh my gosh. But clearance has really, the clearance meat. And like I said, I'm very picky about food safety and that kind of stuff. It's, it's well within its dates. It looks beautiful. It looks just like the thing that's not marked clearance, but it's half the price. So going into the store does have its, its advantages mm. financially because you were not going to see that on the app. Right. That right there is a tip worth, I like everyone listening is like, okay, <laughs> I can put this episode <laughs> down now. That was a great tip. Well, and I think, you know, people always ask, where do you find it? How do you know? I can't stress it enough, especially like food bloggers. We're in the grocery store a lot. Get to know the people at your store. You know, it, it doesn't take much to learn some names at the check. You know, if you go the same day and time each week or kind of, you know, regular, you'll, you get to recognize faces, you know their names, and they will go out of their way to help you. The meat manager now knows me by sight. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi, Robert. That's hilarious. So, and we chat and he gives me a heads up. Hey, go down to the deli section. I'm, I marked out a lot of stuff over there. And then ask, you know, hey, when do you, when you do your markdowns or do you have any um, manager specials today that, that might be worth looking at? Usually they do this earlier in the morning, but every store is different. But getting to know your store and their employees can really save you a lot of money. Build those relationships. Another good reason to get to know people, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. So we talked about shopping your kitchen, planning around more frugal meals and ingredients. We talked about visiting the store with the best prices and scoping that out, checking sales and clearance. Now, what about like leftovers and making sure those don't go to waste? How do you go about that? So I think for us, what was a real game changer a few years ago was something I mentioned kind of earlier when we were talking was about changing, making it easy and realizing what is, where, where are your weaknesses in terms of leftovers and food waste. And so one thing, you know, if you're not sure <laughs> where that is, take a picture every time you clean out the fridge mm. <laughs> and what are you chucking? You know, I mean, if you want to get a little more detailed, you could write it down and keep a log. What am I throwing away every week? That can kind of be very eye opening. Like, oh, I put that meat in the meat drawer, forgot about it instead of just putting it in the freezer. Because how many times have we bought something with good intentions? It gets shoved to the back. We forget it's there. And we end up throwing it away because it's past its date. So, you know, just kind of getting to know yourself and just being honest, like, oh, I tend to throw away a lot of fresh produce because I go with good intentions and then I don't use it, right? So maybe I should 
dial back how much I'm buying. Sometimes it has to do with how I'm storing it when I get it home. If you prepped a lot of food, whether that's for a household meal or for a photo shoot, what are you going to do with the leftovers? Are you packaging it within the two hour time frame and putting it in the fridge? Or is it sitting out because somebody forgot to clean up after dinner and they got distracted or whatever? Putting things in clear containers so you can see exactly what's in it, labeling it. Prepped food is good in the refrigerator for up to four days per the USDA, but it's good much longer if you're able to freeze it. I wrote a cookbook called Not Your Mother's Make Ahead and Freeze Cookbook. It's kind of like the 411 on on what you can freeze and how to freeze prepared meals. Even if you never made a recipe, you probably have a casserole that's like this or a stew that's like that one. And the freezing process is going to be the same. So you can learn a lot about how to freeze things properly. Even if you don't make that exact recipe, y'all are smart enough, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you can make the connections there. We're all smart people. We can (laughs) figure this out, right? Yeah, but there's just so much that you can freeze to avoid wasting. And, you know, having a list of leftovers, we have a lot of kids coming and going. Um, my kids are that are at home are age 14 to 21. So there's a lot of movement in my kitchen as well as my house. And so we've started putting a list of, hey, there's enchiladas in the fridge. There's this in the fridge, you know, so that everybody's mindful of, oh, I could take that for lunch tomorrow or, oh, I could have that for a snack right now. Again, just kind of outsmarting yourself and figuring out where am I weak? How can I how can I make this easier for myself? Mm, I am like, as you're talking, thinking through my fridge and my weak spots, it's not not something I normally think about, if ever. <laughs> but my weak spots are like olives. Like I'll buy a whole jar of olives and then, then it gets pushed to the back. Pickles, mm. sauces, salsas are like the main, those would be the top things that I'm throwing out constantly. Yeah. So how do I go about that issue, Jessica? <laughs> so... Not sure about the olives because I think when I've frozen olives before, they do soften mm. a little bit. But salsas you could freeze. Yeah. So say you you know you buy the jar, but it's like oh we're only going to use like you kind of just think when you open it, am I going to use all of this in the next week or two, or should I put it in a smaller container and freeze part of it? Super cubes. Do you know what super cubes are? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So they come in lots of different sizes from two tablespoons to two cups. And those are really awesome for just portioning things out. You know, one of the famous things is you should always freeze when you open a can is those chipotle peppers, right? Oh, because yes. nobody is going to use the 10 chipotle peppers that come in a can. Right. So, you know, think about how you can repackage those different items And sometimes it's buying the smaller container, even if it is not the best price, quote unquote, but you know, you're not going to waste it. Yeah. So my girls love to have pineapple on their pizza on Fridays, but we're not going to use a whole can of pineapple. (laughs) So I buy those little fruit cups of pineapple instead. And so it's a much smaller portion. They even sell olives in those smaller. Right. I I never thought of that. Half cups. So if if that is something that you're checking, then it does make more sense to buy the smaller portion. And again, look for 
sales and clearance of those same items because then you can save a little bit more. But anytime you can repackage it and either freeze it or share it with someone else or buy it in a smaller container to begin with, that's going to help you. I love all of that. And I think just being self-aware, like you've mentioned, and knowing what our weaknesses are. So go to your fridge right now if you're listening, if you're at home, wander over there and just kind of peruse like what is pushed to the back and is that normal? And if so, make a plan. That's what I'm doing right now just with the salsa. Oh my gosh, there are probably five jars of salsa (laughs) pushed to the back (laughs) of my fridge right now. Well, and another thing too is that if you, this kind of, again, all the steps kind of work together. If you tidy your fridge every three days, obviously in a perfect world, we're, it's always tidy and it doesn't need to be tidy, but let's be real. But if, if you go in and you kind of clean things up every three days, you're going to be within that four day window of prepped food Uh. and it's going to give you a mental inventory to help you shop your kitchen first because you've, you've already kind of, Oh, I know what we have, right? I'm not going to buy another jar of salsa or open another jar of salsa because I, I just, I had a jar of salsa in my hand today when I cleaned up the fridge, you know, so if you can just twice a week, give your fridge a good tidy repackage, you know, sometimes you have that nine by 13, that it was half full of lasagna. And then as the day goes by, you know, it it dwindles, but you still have this nine by 13 inch pan for one slice of lasagna, (laughs) you know, repackage it. Somebody's more likely to eat it if it's in a single serve package than if it's in that big nine by 13. It's, it's all like the psychology, (laughs) you know, to think about the fridge and, and how can I store this so that we're going to use it best. Yeah. Okay. Every three days, I w- I'm going to put it on my calendar and try it <laughs> for a while and I will report back to you, Jessica. I, think. I would love to hear. Yes. Yeah. You've inspired yeah. me. Okay. Any other tips about avoiding waste? You know, I think it's just being honest with yourself and and don't guilt. We all do it, you know, but, but so don't get on the guilt trip, but, but just kind of go, okay, what, what should I stop buying? And, and especially if, you have a household with growing children, their tastes change, their habits change, it seems overnight. And the thing that you bought all the time that they were gobbling down dwindles, right? And that's okay. And just kind of go, okay, we've, we've kind of changed our habits right now. This season is different. And so just being willing to pivot and shop differently based on how the habits of your household are changing. Great advice. And we have two more points. So talk about from scratch cooking. How does that help us? Okay. So it's not necessarily cooking, but you gave a great example with, with the shredded lettuce, right? Like $5 for the bag. My guess is the head of lettuce was probably two bucks, right? So just prepping that item yourself takes a couple minutes, but it saves you money. Typically making something yourself, you get to control the ingredients and typically you get to save money when you're making it yourself. So whether that's cooking it from scratch, baking it yourself, or just doing the chopping yourself can save you a lot of money and sometimes give you better quality. Like I much prefer to cut my own carrot sticks versus buying the baby carrots. It takes some time, but I find the taste is better. And 
I save some money by doing it. So again, we go back to what's your bigger priority, saving time or saving the money, but it's trial and error, figuring out what, what things make a difference. So it's, it's kind of cooking from scratch when it matters. And that's going to vary based on household, season of life, what your current priorities are. And this reminds me of something I was going to say earlier, and I forgot, but I looked at my notes when you started talking. Yeah, like it's so easy to shred your own lettuce. And this is a way that food bloggers can serve their readers in a really great way right now because everything is so expensive. Mm -hmm. Our readers certainly are experiencing the same things we are with food and groceries. So by offering those little tips like, hey, I noticed shredded lettuce was a million dollars the other day (laughs) and put the bag down. So here's something that if you don't want to buy a shredded lettuce, here's what you can do. Like offering that as a tip within the blog post or even within social media, like highlighting your nacho platter and then mentioning the shredded lettuce tip. So this is a great way to serve people right now. Yeah. And that, and that's something, especially on social media, if you put it in a reel, right? Like right. it's surprising. I think some of it is just stuff. Our grandmothers never would have bought a bag of shredded lettuce. Yeah. Because it didn't <laughs> right. <come> shredded. <laughs> right. So, so some of it's just thinking, okay, what's, what did grandma do? And is it better? Is it cheaper? Does it, is, does it matter to me? You know, I can go to In-N-Out around the corner and I can wait in line. The line is like a half hour every time I go, you know, or I could probably make hamburgers in half an hour. Are they the same? No. Are they cheaper? Yes. Did it save me time? Yes. It's going to vary by situation, but, you know, just doing an assessment does it make more sense for me to do this from scratch? Yeah. And sometimes that burger is worth the wait, right? Like sometimes exactly. you're just willing to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, it just depends. It yeah, just depends. exactly. Depends on the day and a lot of other factors. But yeah, good to think exactly. through all of that, not just for us, but who we're serving and what is going to benefit them as well. So this is such great stuff. Okay. Anything else about cooking from scratch? I know you have one more point to touch on. You know, I think it's just being being willing to try something new. When we lived, my husband and I both grew up in Southern California, and we lived in the Midwest for a while, and it was really hard to find Mexican food that we were used to. So I tried new things and started making my own enchilada sauce. And hey, I learned something new. Yeah. I don't do it all the time anymore. But because I, I can I can go to a Mexican market and find everything I want now that we're back home. But trying to, you know, having that experience of making something from scratch kind of can give you perspective and definitely something that you can share with your readers, right? And go, oh, I, I did this and I tried it, you know, we did a taste test, right? And that mm. can be a great way to you know, kind of just show what the options are out there and provide, provide new experiences for everybody. Yeah. I love the taste test option. That's a really good idea. And it's fun too. People like that kind of thing. Like, Ooh, yeah. which one tasted better? Yeah. Okay. What is your last point, Jessica? So last point, and we've kind of touched on it a few times already. It's just to freeze extra for later. And that can be leftover, you know, leftovers, those can often be frozen, but it can also be ingredients or it can be food that you freeze on purpose, right? One of the easiest ways to have buy yourself some time is to double dinner 
once a week. If you double dinner once a week and you freeze half, then at the end of the month, you've got four extra meals that you've kind of bought yourself some time to make it easier for home. We're all busy. We all have stuff that, you know, more stuff than we want to do probably. And so having that extra on hand, but Obviously, if you're doing a photo shoot and you can't eat all of these cookies because it's time for Christmas, right, you know, to freeze it for later. And, and I love it that people share with neighbors and things like that. But at the same time, if you know that a month from now, your kid's going to need cookies for, you know, some party that he's going to, to stash them away for later is going to save your household some money. Uh, something, I think it was a guest on the podcast recommended that they did, which I thought was great, was especially for cookies and baked goods, like cupcakes maybe too, to stash them away for photo shoots. So like if you're maybe photographing a drink that would look really good with a cookie to pull it out as a prop for a photo shoot. So just having those on hand, not just for eating or parties, but also for your business props. Yes. Some great ones that I've used before are like, oh, biscuits, rolls. Oh, right. Perfect. Yep. You know, uh, the little bruschetta toasts that I'm blanking on what we really call the little toast. Yeah. Yeah. Anything like, yeah. Anything Christine. like Crustini. Crustini. Yeah. Yeah. Those kinds of things. That can be like a side for, perfect side for any dish really that you could just pop in there. Yep. Right. 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 So you can do double duty. You know, maybe you're not going to be able to do all four meals. I mean, four courses say you want to do like a Thanksgiving dinner shot and you're not you know you just don't have the time to do all of those things in one day yeah right you could do them at different times freeze them and then then shoot it all at once yes that is a very efficient way to go about saving your food I feel so inspired Jessica I'm like I want to ditch the rest of my day and just go upstairs and go (laughs) through my freezer and I'm totally doing this because I am just done I I waste food and there you go. I'm Megan. I confess that I waste food and I need to stop. Well, and, and we all do and we all have seasons where we do better yeah. than other times. So it's just recognizing, okay, how can I outsmart myself? What kind of systems can I set up so that I can do better in this area? I think that's yeah. kind of life really. And having grace, like realizing that this is theme for a lot of people and not beating myself up about it. And something you said that's been really enlightening is just see where my personal weaknesses are. Looking at my fridge a couple times a week just to see like, okay, I probably don't need that many olives. Clearly we don't eat them. And just (laughs) being more aware of what our struggles are with food. Well, and I think it's the same with clothing. Like people often buy clothing because they want to be that type of person, but they don't actually wear Mm. those clothes. And so I think sometimes we can get into those food ruts where I'm going to buy this food because I think I should be eating these things, or I think I should be making these for my kids. But honestly, we don't really like lentils, so I should just stop (laughs) buying lentils. Yeah. Okay. This has been so great. Is there anything we missed before we start saying goodbye, Jessica? No, I think we... We covered a lot. It was a lot of good But I love talking about this and you're very fun to talk to. Oh, you as well. This was an amazing chat. And I think it'll be not just helpful for us as food bloggers, but it'll be helpful for us to know how to add value to our readers and their lives and improve this grocery, crazy grocery 
expenses that we're all facing right now. So thank you for joining me. It's been such a pleasure. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with Jessica? I would just say, be yourself. I saw, I don't know who to attribute it to, but it said everyone else is taken. Mm. And I think that that's just, don't, don't worry about cooking the way someone else cooks, cook, cook the way you like to cook, shop the way you like to shop and do what works best for you and the people that you love and, and try to be someone you're not. I love that. Perfect way to end. We'll put together a show notes page for you, Jessica. If anyone wants to go peek at those, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash good cheap eats. Tell everyone where they can find you online and social media. And then I know you mentioned a grocery list, frugal grocery list. Do you want to mention that again? Sure, sure. On goodcheapeats.com, that's the main website. If you just search in the box um, budget grocery list, that there's 70, 70 different ingredients that you can build your meal plans around and your recipes that will help you save save money and help your readers save money too. And on Instagram, I can be found at Good Cheap Eats blog. Awesome. Go check Jessica out. And thanks again, Jessica, for being here. And thank you for listening so much today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.